Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready to get your sports banter on? Brian Hemminger, love child of Albert Einstein and Howard Cosell, with a body chiseled by Zeus himself. Brandon Sharples, a man who could beat Mike Tyson. In a spelling bee, together they form the At Odds Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Thursday, March 23rd, I think. March 22nd, 2018, and we have an awesome show in store for you guys today. I'm Brian Hemminger, and we will be talking the NCAA Sweet 16. We'll be talking the NFL Draft 2018, previewing the quarterbacks and quarterbacks only because screw any other position. And without further ado, let's bring in my co-host for the evening. He is Silky Smooth, Brandon Sharples. How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, it's been a been a little bit of delay. We didn't have an episode on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, what, Monday? Is it Monday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have the episode on Monday. Uh, not, not much going on, man. Actually, yesterday, uh, you know, I play online poker sometimes. And uh, yesterday, I, I, I won a buy-in to this tournament. For $42, the buy-in was, was $5,000. And uh, yeah, man, I had some opportunity to, I had some opportunity to freaking make some good money. And I, and I just went, went cold deck, man. Went cold deck. So I didn't get to, I didn't get to capitalize on my, on my, on my uh, opportunity, but it was still fun to play in that kind of high-level tournament. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So other than that, man, just been writing and not much else, dude. I, I got a I got a movie script I'm working on right now. It's actually pretty funny. Oh shit! Oh, actually, it's gonna be a comedy. One of the one of, the, huh? It's gonna be a comedy. One of the, yeah, it's kind of a comedy. I'm writing the script right now. It's got, I got the opening scene done. I did it with I I, I was talking to my friend Kate Miller about it, um, and I kind of got I kind of got the idea while talking to her, but it's like. It's gonna. The opening scene starts off with the, uh, <laughs> with the like kind of like a, a more of like a country like down to earth dad. He's you know like your typical midwestern and southern dad that you know everything's hard work blah blah blah. And his son is like one of those douchey hipsters, and they're having a they're having dinner and the dad's ordering steaks and his son's like fucking vegan is ordering salads and shit and his dad just starts going off on him about his damn him getting a damn salad and stop being a pussy and he's tired of watching his son drive around in a damn Prius while his best friend's son drives a fucking diesel. <laughs> it's a shit like that. I wrote I, it. It's a pretty cool premise. So basically the whole entire movie is going to be based around the son and, and his relationship with his dad and basically like a coming of age story about this kid about, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's going to be going off to college and, and it's shit like that. It's going to be pretty fun. Right, you're you're going to mention me in your Oscar speech? Yeah, man. It's All actually right. going to be pretty funny. I'm telling you. I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the the scene right now because I, I got to refine everything. But it's pretty funny, man. I, I'll. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy writing it. I've actually got. I've got quite a bit of pages. I got like 40 pages written already. So damn. They say page. You write in a movie script. Each page is a minute on screen yeah so yeah so you want about 110 120 pages somewhere around there well that's before cuts to... even too so yeah yeah exactly more. yeah well that's what they say yeah so that's what i've been doing well, man yeah i've been yeah. crazy busy like there's just been so many like special banquets and all this crazy these events that i've had to cover for the local paper like there's 
the primaries coming up. So like, there's just all kinds of political events I've been going to, uh, which means a lot of free food, which is pretty, pretty awesome. So, uh, been saving a lot of money on my grocery bill <laughs> and yeah. it looks like we've got a couple callers. So, uh, Brandon, I'm going to let you, I think we're going to be talking first about the NCAA tournament stuff uh, or not the NCAA yeah. tournament, but the, uh, the NFL draft stuff. So, yeah. Uh, who's our caller? I want to get you started, and then I'm just going to screen this, make sure that it's the the right guy. So, uh, yeah, let I me guess know just, we'll get started with the upcoming NFL draft and all the craziness that's been going on. We've had multiple trades going on recently, and uh, I want to get your thoughts first on the trade, especially I'd say the Jets. So we'll start there. Sure. All right. Yeah, the Jets traded up to the number three pick. Everybody obviously knows that they're going to ch- take a quarterback. Um, they saw, they signed Teddy Bridgewater as kind of like a bridge <laughs> to the next future of that franchise. And I think all signs point to Josh Rosen because uh, I believe that it, Sam Darnold's probably a lock to go to the uh, to go number one to the Browns. So uh, Browns fans can basically stop arguing about who to take number one because it's going to be Sam Darnold. And uh, I think that the Giants will end up taking – or not Giants, the Jets will end up taking Josh Rosen. However, there is a trade scenario that I have in my head that uh, a lot of – it's actually getting buzzed now um, that there's a couple teams that either the Cardinals or uh, Buffalo will move up to number two so they could take Josh Rosen. Um, and then you got Josh Allen that could fall to three. So you can see three quarterbacks taking one, two, three which I think would be pretty yeah, cool. That be, yeah, that'd be pretty wild. So uh, without further ado, let's bring in a guest. He is a calling in for tonight's show, Derek from Toledo. You want to talk to the quarterbacks in the NFL draft, so we're going to give some of the floor to you. So where do you want to start, Derek? Um, well, we can just start with the top few picks or so. I know Sam Darnold's probably mm-hmm. going consensus right now, number one. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily the best quarterback that's available in this pool of Quarterback's coming out this year. He's definitely one of the most talented. Um, I would say he's probably the most plug-and-play ready as well. Um, But I think there's some skepticism there on just a lot of the quarterbacks in general. Um, Yeah, it seems like each quarterback has their own, like, flaws. Like with uh, Rosen – well, I'll start with Allen. I mean, he's the guy that's got the arm, but he doesn't have the accuracy, and he's still pretty raw. With Rosen – uh, what I saw recently was some people were talking about he had some weird um, hitches with his uh, delivery, like he he steps off his front foot or something instead of his back foot or something. I don't remember what it was, but it was something that people were seeing at his last uh, pro day workout, even though he impressed with his accuracy and everything. And then, you know, obviously Baker both- Mayfield, people saying he's too short and all that shit. Yeah. Um, I know both Darnold and Rosen have kind of a low release. They have a Basically, they bring the ball clear down to the right or the left hip, respectively. So that I know that's thrown some scouts off a little bit, but I think both Darnold and Rosen get best the hitch they have in the mm-hmm. release and something of that nature. Yeah. What? What? Hey, what's up, Derek? Yeah, this is Brandon. Um, hey, yeah. Brandon. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think what a lot of people got to remember is that every every QB draft class has been picked apart. Every elite QB has been picked apart prior to the draft. There's really never been a, a pretty much surefire QB in the draft. I mean, since Andrew Luck, which obviously injuries have hampered him. But other than Andrew Luck, and I really don't remember any QB um, coming out of college that was basically labeled can't miss. Um, and I don't see this being any different. There's Obviously, there's going to be hitches in everybody's game. Like, Rosen's mechanics are actually really good. That's like – is number one attribute I'd say. The thing about Rosen is that he's a little bit um, he's a little bit immobile compared to the other guys, and his low completion percentage is based on when he has to be out of the pocket. So when he's in the pocket, his mechanics are flawless. It's just he doesn't run very well um, compared to the other quarterbacks, and I, I think that's why Sam Darnold, to me, when I was arguing earlier to a lot of people about Sam Darnold is that Sam Darnold his his uh he's only 20 years old which I think he might be the youngest quarterback ever taken number one if 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 that is the case um 
but uh, he's got a lot of room to grow. But from a cerebral standpoint, he's way ahead of his age. Um, and he does have a little bit of like a wind up uh, throwing motion. The prop, the only thing that I think that that really doesn't matter because it's all about timing and speed. And he's got a really, really quick whip release. So it's not like Tim Tebow or, or like uh, Vince Young, where you had that wind up and it was slowing down his throwing release and that, you know, causing problems with timing. He still has, he still has the quick release. It's still, uh, you know, it's still timed up there with the best in the draft. So I don't see really see an issue with that. Same with Rosen. Rosen has a really quick snap. So he, his timing's perfect too. And I think that uh, with uh, Josh Allen is a, uh, the reason that he he's got a quick release too, but he kind of winds up a little bit too, but he doesn't have the same touch on the ball that the other guys have. And I think that's something that he's going to have to work on. That's why his completion percentage is so low. And uh, you know, he's working with a 56% completion percentage for his entire career at, at Wyoming. And a lot of people attribute that, uh, attribute that to him having, you know, a less of a supporting cast at Wyoming, but you got to understand Wyoming's also playing, a, a lesser schedule compared to these other guys and he should be able to be making those plays and uh and that's just something that uh, that I noticed about Josh Allen is that his inaccuracies are not based on the surrounding cast it's you know it's based on him and that when I watched him on pro day um his deep balls were even falling short on somebody with such a cannon arm is because he was he's inaccurate with his mechanics, his feet, his footwork kind of sucks. And he was throwing the ball like super high, like he was skyrocketing his deep ball. So in, in, instead of putting him more on a line and, and that was becoming a problem. So I don't really like Josh Allen that much. I think that obviously his physical attributes are awesome. He's off the charts. He's athletic as shit and his arm of strength is crazy. It really truly is. I was watching some film earlier today on him and it, he was throwing some zip on them balls, man. So when he's on point and you get some time, he, he's awesome. But I, I think that, you know, he's got, he's got the longest way to go. And you never know with guys like that. Like, you know, he could be Big Ben or he could be Paxton Lynch. You know, you never know. You never know. So um, I still I still think Sam Darnold is, the, is like you said, the most NFL-ready QB right now. And what's cool about that is, not only is he the most NFL-ready QB right now, but he's 20 years old and he has so much positive going for him that he's going to get better. Mm-hmm. He's going to get better well, if he's, whoever, the right, he's on the right team. Whoever the Browns draft the Browns is draft not going to need to be NFL-ready right now. And you got to turn down your audio a little bit because I'm echoing pretty bad over there. Um, but, yeah, that's the thing is with the Browns getting Tyrod Taylor um, – they can afford to draft somebody that isn't NFL ready and maybe has the best potential. So could that change the Browns draft strategy? Because, you know, Darnold, it seems like a guy that can plug in right now, even Rosen that they could plug in right now. Um, So if you're the Browns, do you go with somebody other than a quarterback? Number one, because you know that Darnold and Rosen, you know, maybe you don't need them right away. Yeah, you do. You, you can't you can't pass a quarterback. You can't pass yeah. on a quarterback. There's no if fans or buts about it. If the Browns draft Barkley number one, it's that they had a bad draft, in my in my opinion. Especially the way that these trades are going, they could probably get yeah. Barkley at number four anyways. So, and they might even trade out of that anyway. I mean, they they honestly could get Barkley later in the draft. I I know that sounds crazy to people because everybody got so enamored with Barkley after his combine. Um, you know, stats, but at the end of the day, uh, he's a running back. They already, they just signed a running back to a three-year deal with who's a little bit injury prone, but they got Duke Johnson. So they're going to be able to pound the ball. They're going to be able to throw it out of the backfield. You take Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold, uh, you know, I'm hyping him up as like Superman, which I I believe that he is one of the best pure uh, potential passers that I've seen in a long time. But you can, he still needs to be refined a little bit. So sitting him on the bench behind Tyrod Taylor for a year is perfect for me, honestly, because it gives Darnold time to kind of uh, – if if they have a problem with that, that, that baseball throw he does, um, they can fix that, and they can fix his fumbling issues, which is his mate – his one knock on that I have for him is he needs to hold the ball tighter to the body, and he, and he fumbles too much. But the interceptions are not a problem for me because I was looking through them. There's actually a highlight film on YouTube of his turnovers – 
And a lot of his turnovers are – his offensive line was horrible. Like horrible, not just okay. It was really bad. It was one of the worst in the Pac-12. And, and that really came to light when they played Ohio State because Ohio State has that elite defensive line. And and if you watch – even on even on the highlight tapes where they're trying to highlight – you know the the positive potential of Sam Darnold. He's running for his life in half those plays, making plays. And if you watch, the line breaks down so fast. And uh, you know, there's a lot of things that that uh, negatives that were going on at USC that you know that you know he could use that year chilling in Cleveland, getting better. And I think by his sophomore year, when he finally takes the helm and he starts, I think Cleveland would be in a great place. They they have a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And I think Sam Darnold makes too much sense to not take number one. Like, Derek, what you got? My only concern, I guess, is if the Browns do end up taking Darnold at number one is um, obviously the, the Cleveland fan base has been itching just for a 500 season for God knows how long. What, at what point, if Tyrod makes a few mistakes, do you start calling on Sam? Um, there's going to be some kind of conflict there and something like that. Um, I'm just curious to kind of see if they do end up taking Sam Darnold number one, how that works out. Uh, but back to Josh um, or Josh Allen a little bit. I think he is your biggest quote quote project. If he goes to the right team, um, say for example, someone like New York, someone who or the Giants, excuse me, um, someone who already has a proven quarterback that can sit behind for two, three years, whatever have you, with the right coaching, I think he could really be a big boom kind of candidate. Um, he really, I think, if he is coached up, um, he is someone that could really shine really well. Um, I know there's been a lot of rumor, a lot of talk with Josh Rosen is kind of a hard a hard student. He doesn't take teaching very well. Um, out of the main three, four quarterbacks, I think if anybody's going to be a bust, I think Josh Rosen would probably be your biggest bust candidate just because of that with injury concerns as well. Um, but one guy I personally like myself, um, I've been talking about him for probably the past four to six months, is Luke Falk out of Washington State. I absolutely love the guy, and I'm probably the only person on the East, eastern side of the Mississippi to actually like him. But I absolutely love the kid. Um, his biggest knocks is just the project style offense they ran over at Mike Leach with Washington State. Um, but besides his injury concerns, you got to think he's got a three to one touchdown and interception ratio. He has a 70, well, 69.5% completion rating over the course of his entire career, which I'll be honest, it's a little inflated just because about two thirds of his passes were 10 yards or less in that offense. Yeah. But it, it, it's hard for me to pass up a second, third, fourth round pick on something like that when he's the all time Pac 12 leader in yards and He's got a proven track record of just being a successful quarterback. Maybe not on the biggest stage, but out, out west in the Pac-12 and a Power 5 conference, it's hard to pass up something like that, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. He's also he's a, he's played a lot. You know, he's a three-year starter, and he played half the games on his freshman year. Um, but he got worse every year. And, that, and that's something that, uh, you know, I take into consideration – Every year, the you know, it's touchdowns either stayed the same or went down, and he, um, he also threw more picks, and his yards per average was like seven, which is I think that's the lowest of all all the guys that we were talking about. So you're right, he he dink, he's in a dink and dunk pass happy happy offense. Um, they had Guesser, he threw all over the place. They had a lot of guys that threw all, all over the place in that offense, and and every time Mike Leach has ever been anywhere, <clears throat> all his QBs put up astronomical numbers. I think that Luke Falk just has a really low ceiling. He's he's been in nothing but West Coast offenses. He threw really bad at the combine. Could be a high floor, like though. really bad. Huh? I said he could be a high floor guy though. Well, he's yeah maybe, but that that, that those are your backup quarterbacks. You know what I mean? That's, those yeah. aren't guys that you're gonna you're gonna start in your franchise. I'm not, I obviously I don't have a crystal ball, so I, yeah, like. Like I was telling you earlier on Facebook, Derek. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna roast you. Like I'm, this is not, that's not my intent. My intent is just to get people's ideas and why they think this way. And if I disagree, I'll tell you why. And I'm not gonna call you stupid. So, yeah, if you like Blue Fault, that's cool, man. I get it. He, he does produce on the field, and but I, like I said, every year he got worse. He doesn't. He's not as athletic as the other guys, and he didn't throw well at the combine. And I, I just don't know if he's gonna translate well to a to an NFL system like a West Coast system or anything like that. So. You know, he he's I guess he'd be a project he can take in the later rounds, and I'd have no problem drafting him. Maybe the Browns right. draft him too, <laughs> in the fifth <laughs> round or something. You never know. I've but uh, I've got a sleeper prospect for you guys. I don't know what you'll think. Chase Litton, Marshall quarterback, 
six foot five. You know, he's got like all the physical attributes. Um, throws for a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards, but he does throw interceptions. So is he a guy yeah, that is on your radar at all? Um, no, not at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I, <laughs> I didn't. I don't really like him too much. I, I think Mason Rudolph is a guy out of Oklahoma State that could be a pretty decent prospect. He runs. He's he's running out of that spread too. Um, but he he could be pretty decent, like a late round flyer. I know a lot of people are talking about Lamar Jackson being a quarterback that you could take second or third round. But honestly, man, I don't like. Lamar Jackson at all as a quarterback, I think he can be electric and I, obviously he runs, uh, you know, he's like a better version of RG three, but I'd say like one out of every four of his deep balls literally looked like it was shot out of the sky. And it, it, it it's not, it's like not just a little ducky, maybe a little underthrown. I'm talking like, it looks like it falls out of the sky where it lands a good two, three yards behind the receiver. Like he's going to get picked off like crazy. He's good at those quick little slant routes. He does have a live arm. Like he, he, he's kind of Vic at, she has that little Vic snap throw, uh, um, little whip it. They call it like a whip, but he, and he throws hard on those intermediate routes. But when he goes deep, man, his deep ball has got to be the worst of all, of all the QBs in this draft. But we're talking deep, like every QB, he's probably the worst deep ball thrower of all of them. So I don't like him very much, and uh, I think at the end of the day he'll probably end up going to a different position once he realizes this quarterback because he's saying it's not going to work out. Kind of like, uh, kind of like dude out of who, who's the Browns receiver out of Ohio State? I can't I can't believe I'm blanking on this. The Browns receiver? Yeah, he's a quarterback for Ohio State. Well, I say Paul oh. Pryor was, but yeah, I, Pryor. I don't think he's not there anymore. Yeah, he's not yeah, on the Pryor. Browns as far as I know. On the Redskins no, yeah, I, I was getting, I was, tell, I was trying to figure out his name. He was on the Browns. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Browns are the ones that converted him to receive. Yeah, yeah. Browns are the ones that converted him. I, I, I don't like. I don't like him. I, I like a couple quarterbacks that. But my main, my main focus right now is taking Sam Darnold number one. What I, what I like about him, is I, I remember Derek. We were talking earlier. You didn't. His leadership was up to par, but. His leadership is actually like a huge quality of his. It's been raved about by his players, his teammates, all, a lot of coaches around the NFL. His interviews went extremely well. Um, he he's known for that. He's known for being a good leader. That's that's like one of his big things. And in the yeah, NFL, that, that's actually my my knock on Rosen. Like he's got all the mechanical skill, but I don't think that he's a a good team leader. And and he's a bit of a partier. Yeah, they talked uh, – I just actually heard – somebody just texted me saying that uh, Pryor got signed with the Jets today. Huh. So the Jets had added Pryor. That's pretty interesting. But, yeah, no, Sam Darnold, he's got great leadership. He he has no trouble on or off the field. Um, so there's that he's got that going for him. He's squeaky clean. Um, he, he, he holds he holds the huddle extremely well. So I think I think he has everything – Everything you want that comes naturally to, to a quarterback that you can't teach, Sam Darnold has. That, those great instincts. He escapes from the pocket um, extremely well. He runs well. He, he calls plays at the line. He audibles well. It's just uh, he's got to work on he's got to work on the turnovers. And I think that of all the things that you can knock a, a, any player for, any quarterback, the turnovers can be fixed. There's usually like very small mechanical problems when. When, when a quarterback has some turnover problems, it's usually not a cerebral thing. It's usually just the fact that, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're dropping the ball to their hip too much and shit like that. So I think that, I think that uh, Sam Darnold has definitely has the highest ceiling, even though Josh Allen has, you know, the stronger arm, maybe a little bit quicker, but I still think um, from the intangibles and tangibles, I think if you mix everything together, Sam Darnold has the highest ceiling. And I, I don't, I don't really think there's too many quarterbacks in the NFL right now that had that ceiling coming out that Sam Darnold has. Like I said, he's 20 years old. He's got he's got ton of talent. He's got a ton of room to grow. Even though he's NFL ready now, it's, a, it's such a perfect situation for Cleveland to sick him on the bench behind Tyrod Taylor. And, and and the thing about Cleveland, they're in that rebuild mode. They can't go anywhere but up. Obviously, even if Tyrod struggles a little bit, I don't think they're going to force Darnold in there because they're not. 
in a win now mode. They're in a year two, year three of this rebuild mode that we're next, not this year, but next season when Darnold's, you know, second year in the league, that's when I think they plan to start making some playoff pushes and maybe making some key free agent signings in the line, stuff like that. Cause I think uh, at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to be struggling in Cleveland is going to be their offensive line now that Joe Thomas is gone. So maybe Cleveland needs to think about um, trading down that fourth pick and, and taking the guard out of Notre Dame. And I think that could do that could go a long way. In the guard zone that off. or tackle? No, he's a guard. Because they he's, have he's basically... excellent guards already, the Browns. Yeah, but they're going to have to slide one the left tackle. They're going to have to slide one off the tackle. You think left tackle? Yeah, yeah. I already read a thing about that. They're looking to they're looking to move him move him over to left tackle because there's no tackle in this draft really. It's a very very weak tackle draft. Like it's one of the weak, weakest in decade. But the uh, the guard out of Notre Dame, um, he's going to be awesome, and uh, he's like one of the he's one of the better guards in the history of the college game. Like his his uh, his grade out is, is is skyrocketing. So that's why like. That's why basically they're saying he's going to be a top 10 pick and guards usually don't go top 10 like that, you know? So it's usually a tackle, but yeah, he's, he's super high. So uh, maybe the Browns can trade down. Maybe the Cardinals can take the Browns fourth pick. You never know. Or Buffalo. Um, but yeah, Browns, Browns have some options after they take Darnold number one. They're, they're really solid across the board. They're going to need a safety two of the top picks in the second round too. Yeah, they got plenty of options, man. And and honestly, why would there's a there's Barkley, and then you know Penny's really good. Penny's really good out of uh, out of uh, San Diego State. You can you do his measurables are, are pretty damn close to to Barkley outside of like the bench pressing 29 times and stuff like that. But he but uh, his yards after first contact like triple Barkley's. Barkley's soft once he gets hit. And if he doesn't have a hole, Barkley gets swallowed up in the backfield for losses. And when he plays, talk, people talk about people talk about Sam Darnold struggling against Ohio State. What about Barkley? Barkley housed that kickoff. After that, he was swallowed up. He was terrible the rest of the game. He had 2.1 yards per carry. He only had 44 yards of offense. He was not good. He carried the time over, carried the ball over 20 times, and he only had like 44 yards. So, yeah, well, he's not very speaking good. Speaking of performance against Ohio State, we haven't talked hardly at all about Baker Mayfield. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on both of you on Mayfield. I know the biggest thing going against him is he's six feet tall. Um, but is there anything else that's going against him other than, you know, attitude or whatever? Uh, I want to I hear from Derek first. Yeah, go ahead. Um. I don't know how much is necessarily going against Baker. I don't necessarily think the attitude is going to be a problem. He does show signs of leadership. Um, my biggest concern, I guess, is how um, the offense that he runs currently at Oklahoma is going to translate into a pro-style offense. Um, he's got the arm strength. I think he's got the talent. He does get a little bit too happy feet for me sometimes when he's in the pocket. I think he still has an instinct to kind of run first whenever he sees trouble. Um, but he's really improved the pocket presence. He's really improved his own both strength and accuracy. I think it translates somewhat well to the NFL game, but I, I mean, he, I just don't think he has the ceiling of someone like Rosen, like Darnold, or um, Josh Allen myself. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's one of my big, biggest concerns is that a lot of the Oklahoma quarterbacks put up put up uh, big numbers. Even Trevor Knight did, and uh, he's been running that spread. I don't know how he's going to do under center all the time. On top of that, I was watching his pro day film today. And uh, he was doing a lot of five, seven, uh, seven step drops. And he was still throwing these little, you know, seven yard hitches. And like, he wasn't going downfield much. And uh, mm-hmm. he was checking down a lot, even on those, even on the deep, on the, in the deep routes, like he was checking down to the second receiver. And uh, one thing I, he's good at, he's really, really accurate on the short to intermediate throws. He throws a good ball. It, it doesn't, it comes off pretty good. It's not slow. Um, he's got good velocity on the ball, um, but he is short, in the, and and I don't think that uh, with the offense that he ran at Oklahoma and being that short, I'm not sure that's going to translate very well to whoever he goes to. I think it's going to be a project. I think that 
basically he's the type of player that if you get him in the right situation, he can probably be a pretty good quarterback. Um, the problem is that he's going to get drafted by a team that needs a quarterback now, like say like Buffalo. They're going to want him to start probably. So he needs to be surrounded by talent to succeed at the NFL level, in my personal opinion. And I don't think he's going to go to a team that's going to be able to hand him that. So he's not going to be like Dak Prescott where he was handed the, the Dallas Cowboys. You know what I mean? So where he had the, you know Zeke in that line and Des Bryant and Jason Witten, a security blanket. Um, he's not going to get that situation, I don't think. So and that's the only way he's going to succeed because that's the only way that that's the only way that Dak Prescott can can succeed. If Dak leaves da- Dallas and say you stick Dak on like I don't know Buffalo, he's not going to be very good. A, you know I don't think that Dak's that good. So and I think Dak is a very similar player to Baker Mayfield as far as skill set wise is, is concerned. And um, I think that it, unless Baker gets lucky and falls to a team that has the pieces, maybe Denver. Um, I don't think that he can succeed. I think the best place that he can play is Denver. That's my personal opinion. I don't really like Baker that much um, as far as like a, his NFL prospects concerned. He was a hell of a college quarterback. Can't deny it. The stats are awesome. They pop off the charts. And uh, But I don't like anything about him in any other place but Denver because Denver has, you know, he, he, he a, they have a lot of talent surrounding him right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And their offensive line's not too bad. Their defense can carry him around. So I think I think that's the only place that he can go and succeed right now. Yeah, my my issue with Mayfield is I think he's going to be great for those short and intermediate throws because of his accuracy and uh, and all the grit and everything that he brings to the table. But um, he doesn't have the best arm strength out of. I'd say he's got the weakest arm strength of all the the top prospect quarterbacks that could go in the first round. And if you can't make that deep throw accurately, then you're going to have a lot of trouble. I mean, the only guy that I can think of that didn't have like a cannon arm and was still able to have a ton of success in the NFL was somebody like Peyton Manning. But I mean, he was one of the more intelligent quarterbacks of all time, like with reading defenses. And, and he still had the measurables, like with the height oh, yeah, and everything else. Yeah. yeah. So like that's, that's at least where Peyton could make some things up and, with Mayfield, like he, I think he's going to have a lot more trouble, especially reading defenses after the snap, um, if they like disguise their their defense, because he's going to have some trouble seeing over those, you know, six six linemen. Yeah. Well, let's talk about. Well, one thing is Josh or uh, Baker Mayfield actually has had a lot of um, accuracy success down the field in college. He had he had a really good deep ball, and I think he was one of the top rated deep ball. Uh, completion percentages in in the country, so I don't know. Does that have anything to do with his receivers, though? I don't know. I don't know. It could be, but he I, he completed a high percentage of deep throws. He, he that was one of his that was one of his uh, strengths coming in into the combine. But I don't know how that well that's going to translate into a different system. You know what I mean? Where he's not five wide, and you know he's not getting as many one on one matchups that he needs to, to have. I think that Josh Rosen, I know that uh, Derek's saying that he's probably, you know, more of a lock to be a bust than the other guys. I think that Josh Rosen is actually has the highest floor. I think that his mechanics are perfect. And uh, if he gets in the right offense, Josh Rosen can be a solid starter for a long time. I, I don't think that he's going to pop off the charts at, at anybody or pop out of the, off the TV at anyone. But I think he can be an Eli Manning. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers type of player. He can make any throw on the field. His arm strength's pretty good. He's accurate. His mechanics are good, and he's super smart. He's you know, he's cerebral as it comes. And um, I think that uh, his learning his learning curve is going to be really high. And and he, he's he if anybody's going to be able to take uh, take on a big playbook, it's going to be Josh Rosen. So I think that Josh Rosen has the highest floor, and he's got a good ceiling. I think uh, Josh Allen and and uh, and Sam Darnold have the highest ceilings, but I think Josh Rosen has the highest floor of all of those guys, as long as he can stay healthy. The health concerns are my biggest concern for Josh Rosen. He's been hurt quite a bit, so I think that uh, 
I think that if you can get keep him healthy, get him behind a decent line, Josh Rosen can win games for you, and he can take you into the playoffs and and, and then some. So, I mean, look at all the quarterbacks that were in the in the in the playoffs this year. I think Josh Rosen's comparable to all of those guys. So I like Josh Rosen. I think Josh Rosen can be really good. But I, like right. I said, so I, I, moment I'm, of truth time. Let's let's talk about where these guys go. I think we yeah. can all agree we're pretty sure Sam Darnold goes number one to the Browns, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So who's the next quarterback taken and who takes them? I think I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but I want to get your guys' thoughts. Yeah, Derek, you can go ahead and give your opinion. Um, I would say Josh Rosen is probably going to be the second quarterback off. He would be at pick number two, but the question is who will have pick number two. Mm-hmm. So if the Giants don't trade down, do do they still take a quarterback? Because with them making that Pierre Paul trade. In my opinion, yes. You still think they would take a quarterback? Yes. Eli's Eli's probably got three years left in the tank. I'm I'm surprised you said three. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he's got three left. But um so I think that uh, I think the Giants are gonna trade that pick. They're in rebuild mode, I think, right now. And uh mm-hmm. they they can get a haul for that number two pick because everybody's there's a lot of teams that are still needing a quarterback. I think they'll get a decent haul in for the number two pick. They're in rebuilding mode. Um I think I think they're gonna trade that out. And I think it's gonna be either Buffalo or Arizona and whoever is willing to give it up. So say it's Arizona, I think Arizona's gonna take Rosen because Arizona needs a quarterback now and they got some pretty decent playmakers. They're still, they, they still got a roster that could probably make the playoffs if, if with the right quarterback and uh, you know, David Johnson comes back healthy and Fitz Fitz has another year or two in them. And they got some good guys on that squad. Uh, but if it's Buffalo, I still think they'll take Josh Rosen. So Josh Rosen is probably gonna be number two, but it's going to be traded. Giants are not going to take him. If Giants keep that pick, I could see them taking Chubb at at number two. Um, he's a difference maker, pass rusher. They just traded Pierre Paul. That's, so that's they, actually my big make, thing is I think the the Giants take Chubb and the Jets get Rosen. Yeah, it could be. The Jets are going to probably end up with Josh Allen. They're taking a quarterback no matter what. The Jets. I mean, they didn't trade up to three to fuck around. No, they didn't. But do you think they? Do you think that? Uh, it could go quarterbacks first three picks. Yeah, for sure. I actually think that's probably what's going to happen. I honestly think that's why you don't anybody that wants Barkley to go number one one as high as a fucking kite because why would you take him number one when you could probably get him at number four? Honestly, I, I honestly think that the Browns could trade that number four pick anyway. So I I, I think that it's um, I think when the draft when it's all said and done at the draft. I think the top three picks are going to be quarterbacks. And I honestly think that you're going to see four quarterbacks taken in the top 10. I think all of them that we, all the, all the quarterbacks that we talked about um, with the exception of obviously Luke Falk are all going top 10. It's going to be a, a huge QB draft. I think Barkley ends up with, in Cleveland anyway, at number four, unless they trade them, unless they trade down and they can still get them then either. Because I, I, I think that the only teams that are going to trade up for a quarterback are already in the top 10 anyway. You know what I mean? So I, I think that uh, I think that the Browns will end up getting Barkley at four. Browns will hit a home run in this draft if they can do that. If Browns can get if Browns can get Sam Darnold and Barkley, I mean that's a home run right there. And I have concerns about Barkley and his toughness and, and the ability to to hit a hole, but you know he's definitely worth the flyer at four. <laughs> so I, I I like it. I like I like this draft for the Browns. I think they can come. Around they can come out huge and, and and obviously they have all those picks in the second round. And if they trade out of the uh, four spot, they're going to have it probably another first rounder and another second rounder. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be, they're stockpiling picks and they can solidify that off. Yeah. That off. They've even been unloading like picks like to get all those uh, players added their team, like Jarvis Landry and, um, yeah. and they didn't even have to give up that many either, which is pretty it's nice. I mean, they can give up any of the first or second round picks to get all these guys to their added to their team. Yeah, if the Browns can sneak in an offensive lineman in this draft 
at in, in like probably the second round, if he and he works out, I mean, this team could be really good. They have all the yeah. pieces. They just yeah. they just really right now. Really I need the their Browns' players. issues are tackles because their interior line is insanely good, like with Seitler yeah. and Patino and Tuggle from uh, the Green Bay dude at center. What I'm a little concerned about is the the there's just not a lot of uh, there's just not a lot of tackles in in this draft that you want to take that high, but I, they can definitely get it. They can definitely get them in. Uh, they can definitely get them in the freaking. Well, they got the, the Notre Dame had an awesome line. The, the top tack, the top tackle in the in the in the offensive line, or the top tackle and the top guard are both from Notre Dame. So I mean, you can basically pick your pick your poison on that one. Notre Dame's offensive line this past year is historically good. So um, they got that uh, Mike McGlinchey. He's the tackle. He's the top tackle in the draft. So he's going to be pretty damn good. And I don't know who they can get late. That Orlando Brown, remember he had that really, really bad uh, combine. He was super slow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a six-second play. Yeah. Um, he, he's up there. He's like the ranked number two. They got a couple of guys from Georgia and in UCLA that are, that are all right. But there's some big guys in here that they can get um, late, you know, late flyers on that could probably start for – start for the Browns next year. So I think that they need to take a tackle in the second round, maybe a couple of them. And I, I, I wouldn't yeah, be, be a couple. I, I hope they don't go Brown. I don't want a project. I want somebody they can plug in right away. Like maybe Colton Miller from UCLA. Yeah. Well, they got Connor Williams is really good. He's from Texas. Um, mm-hmm. You could probably get him in the second round, late second round. But the thing is, is that Orlando Brown's tape is really good. So maybe yeah, he just doesn't just have to. Me- it's, the, it's the measurables that were terrible. Yeah, maybe maybe he's just a game time player. You know, you got you always got those kind of guys. So mm-hmm. I, I think the Browns are just a couple O line picks away from being legit. And that and honestly, Bengals are on the decline. Ravens are on the decline. They're trying to climb back in with some. They made some offensive uh, off season moves, but outside of Pittsburgh, Browns. I mean, Browns could compete for that division in a couple of years. They could compete for this year. <laughs> Maybe. I thought Maybe. they were going to win seven or eight games this year. They had a good – but this their, their team now is the best they've had since they've come back in 99. This is the best Browns team they've had from top to bottom. So, I, I think that – Especially if they you know, had uh, Darnold. Yeah. Of course if they have Darnold. They're not going to play Darnold. I don't want them to play Darnold. I want them to yeah, sit back and just – and learn, and I think Tyrod Taylor I is good I, I have tired of the Browns drafting a rookie and then throwing them in there and then watching them get murdered. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, everybody always talks shit about the Browns, and why would you take a QB number one? Look at all the busts they've had. That's because they don't take the best quarterback. They keep passing on all the franchise quarterbacks and taking people like Brandon Whedon and Johnny Manziel and, and Charlie Fry and all these other guys, trying to make a project out of them. And it doesn't pan out, and then everybody says Browns don't know how to draft a QB. Yeah, they don't know how to draft a QB because they're not drafting the right QBs. If they now they can't do it. Everybody doesn't want them to take a. A lot of the Browns fans don't want them to take a quarterback number one because of all these prior busts. But no, you've already passed up on Big Ben. You passed up on uh, Carson Wentz. You passed up on Patrick Mahomes. You passed up on Deshaun Watson. Like how many of these franchise quarterbacks are you going to pass up on? to try and get a project in the second or third round. Now is the time. You are surrounded by talent. You just spent all this money to get all these guys in into Cleveland. Now is the time to pull the trigger on that top QB. Don't trade down. Don't take a running back. Now is the time to get your franchise quarterback because you can finally let him grow. You finally got a you finally got a supporting cast if he has to play later this year. You finally got a supporting cast for him to succeed. On top of the fact that you have a veteran QB that can that can play the whole season, get him ready for next year. He's your future. This is it, this is beyond perfect for Browns to take a quarterback. You will never get a better situation for any team than they are in right now to take a quarterback number one. They don't have to force him in there. So this is if they're setting themselves up for the future, this is perfect. Take Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. and and you're good. 
And I, I don't think that Josh Allen is one year away. I think Josh Allen's going to be – he needs to be chilling for a little while. So, okay. yeah. And, and, and I think that should do it on our quarterback talk because we got a little bit of Sweet 16 action to go over yet. So, uh, Derek, I just want to thank you so much for calling in today, man. You were a lot of fun to talk to, and we're more than happy to have you cool. back sometime. For sure. I'll be back. You know it, guys. Thank you again. All right. Hey, no problem. Thanks, man. All right, so without further ado, let's switch over to NCAA Sweet 16 action. And it's, you know, normally I don't toot my own horn, but uh, toot toot. Yeah. Mm, I'm fucking slaying it with my NCAA brackets. Um, obviously, the Sweet 16 started tonight, and I had seven of my Elite Eight still eligible. And then, of course, two of them have already qualified today with Loyola, which Brandon also picked, so I will give him a pat on the back for that as well, and Michigan advancing to the Elite Eight. So I am looking really good. Um, Kentucky just took the lead in the second half against uh, Kansas State for the first time all game. So they're up 36-35 with uh, 16 minutes to go. And look at this. Florida State is – up nine at the half on Gonzaga. So if Florida State wins, um, I mean, that's going to bust a lot of the, the remaining brackets that still had a chance against me, I would think. Because I think there were some people uh, that maybe had a flyer on Gonzaga. And if Gonzaga loses, like Michigan should have free reign to the, to the final four. Maybe. So, I don't know, man. Florida State looks to be rolling. Florida mm-hmm. State smoked Missouri. They beat Xavier. If they beat Gonzaga, I mean, they're going to be on a roll. Like, actually, you see Florida Gonzaga State. was up like 32-31, and Florida State hit like four three-pointers in the last two minutes of the second of the first half. I mean, it was nuts. My Midwest, my Midwest bracket is done already. Like, I don't have anybody <laughs> left. <laughs> Ouch. I, got, I have three games I got correct in that whole bracket. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh well. Yeah. My the only mistake I made was I picked Missouri over Florida uh, over Florida State in the first round because I had Missouri doing everything that Florida State is doing, and I probably would have just picked Florida State to do everything too. It was yeah, and it which pisses me off because I really thought Missouri was a lot better than they showed, and then because I thought they were going to do. They were going to go out there and beat uh, Xavier and Gonzaga, and instead it's looking like Florida State's going to do it. And that's where people are already telling me, like, dude, if you had Florida State instead of Missouri, you're, you'd are you be one of the top brackets in the country right now. And I'm still, like, 97th percentile. So I would be, like, 99.9 percentile if I had Kansas State in there. Who's ah, your final four? So close. Who was your final four? My final four was Kentucky, Michigan, Duke, and Purdue. The only one I'm really worried about right now is Purdue because their big guy got hurt and he's not allowed to play with that broken elbow. I mean, Kentucky's getting a fight from Kansas State, but I think that they'll pull this out. If they if Kentucky loses, I'm done because I have Kentucky winning the null, <laughs> which is a, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person that picked Kentucky to win it all. Um, but uh, – Purdue is the yeah, one I'm like, most worried about. I think at yeah. this point, Villanova is probably going to win that that uh, region. Like, even if Purdue makes it to the Elite Eight, which I don't even know if they'll do, I think Villanova is going to be too much for them. So, I'm gonna look out of all the one seeds left in the, in the tournament, Villanova was the one I respected the most, and I probably should have sided with them, but, but we'll see what happens. I mean, there's still a long ways to go yet. They haven't even played their Sweet 16 matchup game, which is tomorrow. Hey, man, I think that you might be – you have a chance to, like, win this whole entire thing. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at – Like, I know that I'm, I'm looking at like, – Like, I have the most potential points of anybody in any of the brackets I'm in at in any of the stuff. Like, I did the ESPN with you guys, but I did um, – I did some with uh, Phil Wagner, all the guys at AdFilm. I filled out a bracket for them, which was basically the same. And then I did some – uh, with a, another friend of mine that they have like 80 people and I'm uh, like either first or second right now. 
but with the potential, like I could score like 80 more points than the guy in second place. Or that the, the, the no, guy ahead of me. You truly are yeah. killing it. And I'm looking at a lot of these top brackets that have Kentucky, and none of them have the final four that you have. Mm-hmm. I'm looking through. And yeah, so, one is yeah, have Duke in the final four. Real man. Hey, do you have do you have do you have Duke in the final four? Yes. I one have, guy I have Kentucky over Kansas. Do you need Gonzaga to lose? Let's put it that way. <laughs> hmm? You need Gonzaga to lose, and you need them to lose now. Yeah, and they're they're losing. They're down nine at the half, so they're yeah, not you in have good a chance, shape. Brian, you have a chance to be one of the best brackets in the entire country. From what I'm looking at, be, I don't see anybody sick. else. That would seriously be so sick. Yeah, nobody. I haven't found one person that has Michigan in the final four with the UK on the leaderboard. I've been through like 20 brackets that have Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So you you might honestly end up winning ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so fucking funny. I'm actually rooting for you. Yeah. What what hurt me was terrible. I had a I did not do well in a lot of the games that didn't matter. Like a lot of the teams that I had losing in the second round, I got the first round matchup wrong. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I got like all the matter. important ones right, like to advance to like the big shit, but I I messed up a lot of the inconsequential games. So that that's the one thing that's been hurting me. Your 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 total that you could possibly have, I think, is one thousand one hundred and sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the leaderboard, and you're right up there, dude, with a lot of these guys. Yeah, yeah. you're but way I mean, up Kentucky there. Kentucky loses, it doesn't matter. Like no, it doesn't matter how good the rest of my bracket is. Because oh, I took a huge fire on Kentucky. Saying, your potential is off the charts. I think that you're. Mm-hmm. I think you're in good shape to at least make the front page of the leaderboard. You can probably frame that shit. <laughs> oh, I definitely would. I've already had a bunch of people being like, "Holy shit, you have seven of your eight elite eight still going." <laughs> like they Dude, just could not my believe. Bracket it. so bad. My bracket's beyond bad. Mm-hmm. I got the worst bracket. I, I can only score 720 total points. Like I'm pretty bad. My, I'm ranked like 10 million. My, my, uh, my Midwest bracket, like I said, I only have, I'm only looking at, I got Duke as the only team left <laughs> and I have them losing to Michigan state. Yeah. My, that, that bracket's shit. The West I did really well on. I got almost, I got pretty much a lot of that correct. And the rest are all terrible. <laughs> the rest are all terrible. So we'll yeah. see. I, I need I, Purdue. I, I, and, uh, oh, Jesus. Kansas State just took a seven-point lead. They just hit a three-pointer. Fuck. I'm nervous about Kansas State, man. Like, Kentucky still has not been able to play that Vanderbilt dude that I was saying was going to be, like, one of the impact players in the whole fucking tournament. He still hasn't played. <laughs> I don't know what Dude. the hell. He, he twisted his ankle before the Big East tournament, and then, like, Calipari is, like, totally being bitch mode. Yeah, so, dude. That's, that's annoying the I shit to out of me. Right I wanted now. to get more in-depth about the quarterbacks, but I couldn't really hear Derek too well on my headphones. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get into too much of a confrontation. I thought you guys did a really good job. We talked about it for, like, 40 minutes. <laughs> I know, but, I, I like, I, I literally – could break down this position like from fucking head to toe. And I kind of wanted to do that, but it's all right. I didn't really get too much into the metrics that I wanted to, or like his, the mechanics that I wanted to, but I, I know that uh, Tim dealt, he, he, he trash and Rose or his trash and Darnold all day to me talking about his like long wind up. He was like basically trying to save Tebow. Um, but no dude, look, Tom Brady even has that same kind of motion. It's a classic J motion. The only problem is some quarter, some guys, especially people that play baseball and stuff, they just bring it back. They bring when they come up to the J when they when they release the ball or they release it farther behind them. But it doesn't matter as long as the timing's there and and you get that and you get that release point. Um, you know, you get that time down. And his time is awesome. It's like point three nine, so three. 
0.39 tenths of a second he's he's getting the the ball out that's really good and uh it's not the quickest but it's really good and you know those are the knocks on him a lot of knocks are on his footwork and stuff like that because he was like um once he gets past his one and two read that he's scrambling all over the place he's you know but dude go watch some of the, if you want dude just go to youtube look up sam darnold's tape and you will see how quickly that o-line broke down and mm-hmm. he makes fucking plays nobody in the country literally nobody and this is why i'm super high on him this is my biggest my biggest attribute for him and why i'm so high on him he makes plays out of nothing and he throws extremely accurate on the run like really accurate and he throws nice touch on the run he's going to be able to make plays outside the pocket and he can sit in the pocket and hit some and he just throws the ball on a dime man i am so high on sam darnold i'm i'm to the point where like i would stake something extreme on his success in the nfl <laughs> i seriously think that sam darnold is a generational talent i I I do. I we need see to do something that, in him. We got to get some. We need to get some stakes going. Like uh, we'll we'll put some uh, like some safety nets in there for you. Like say he gets in like a a horrific knee injury or something. Yeah. Uh, as yeah. long as he Barring stays healthy, Sam Darnold is going to be what at least a Pro Bowl quarterback. You say? Oh oh for sure, Sam Darnold. By the time his career is over. I think he will be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, and I, shit. yeah. Um, barring injury, barring injury, barring injury. Um, I think if we're just gonna, I, I mean that's extreme. <laughs> I think he will have a Super Bowl. Kardashian. That, that's just as bad as an injury. Okay, I hope not. Yeah, he can't date a Kardashian, and he can't get injured, or else that's <laughs> the way. But I do think that he will be all pro. Um, and I think that – because that's different from being a pro bowler. I think he'll be all pro. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be a perennial pro bowler. I mean, look at the quarterbacks that get in the pro bowl right now because a lot of quarterbacks drop out or go to the Super Bowl. You know, yeah, like – I think Teddy Bridgewater made the pro bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Jameis mm-hmm. Winston made the pro bowl after throwing all those picks. And uh, Kirk Cousins is in the pro bowl. Like – a couple of years ago when he probably shouldn't have been. There's a couple of guys that, that – there's a bunch of quarterbacks that make the Pro Bowl that aren't that great. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about him making the Pro Bowl. I think he'll make the Pro Bowl, you know, a dozen times of his career, 15 years. You know, it's like one of those things. Uh, but I think that, man, if he sits behind one year, gets acclimated to the NFL, gets a, a rapport with his guys, dude, he's going to be fucking lights out. Browns are finally on the come up. I really think the Browns are going to be a really good franchise. I really do. I think the Browns are turning the corner, man. They made all the right moves, getting Jarvis Landry and all that. I think that they they did nothing but show their fans that they're ready to win. I think that parade, that parade for the 0-16 and and this shellacking the fans were giving the organization really struck a chord. And they're like, man, we got to get this shit on the road. We got to get it on the road and go and go find these players and get Cleveland back to the sixties. <laughs> so I think the Browns are all right, man. I think the Browns are going to be pretty good franchise. You see a lot of the shit happening. Like Seattle wasn't very good for a while. And I mean, they did make the, they did make the Super Bowl with Sean Alexander, but you know, that was more of a flukish season, but they're, they're, they were down for a while and they, they created a little mini dynasty um, over there in Seattle. That's now imploded. But you know they created they created a, a hell of a team you know for what four or five seasons they were a consensus Super Bowl pick and I think that's something mm-hmm. the Browns could turn themselves into. I think the Browns are going to be an offensive juggernaut, man. And and they just need to keep adding pieces. They don't need to they don't need to slow down. They need to keep adding pieces. So if the Browns, man, if they got honest to God, if the Browns could drop from that number four pick say somebody trades up and they end up in like the lower tens, maybe even like in the teens and Calvin Ridley drops to them. They need to take Calvin Ridley because I'm telling you right now, Calvin Ridley is a fucking monster. Calvin Ridley is going to be an awesome ride receiver in the NFL. He's, 
he's going to be a, a number one. Somewhere. Do they even need another wide Calvin receiver, did. though, now that they've got Gordon, Landry, and Coleman? Yeah, Coleman. Coleman's kind of a bust to me, but I'm talking about the future, man. You mm-hmm. you, you can draft Calvin Ridley, and, then, I mean, you don't have to worry about Coleman dropping balls. And you don't know how long Josh Gordon's going to be there, and you don't know – I don't know how long uh, Jarvis Landry is going to stay healthy. You know, I, I think you just got to keep planning for the. You need to keep planning for the future. I think that the Browns need to take two quarterbacks in this draft too. I'm not talking like first ten picks, you know. But I'm talking like sneak in and grab another guy, you know, in the later rounds if they can get him. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of guys that they there's that Richmond quarterback. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's from Richmond. It's a D3 guy. But he's fucking super accurate, like super accurate. I watched him throw at the combine. Doesn't have the strongest arm, but um, he throws well in the run, and he's he's really really accurate. Yeah, look him up. He's pretty damn good. I wish I my fucking quarterback NFL draft. I typed. Yeah, Kyle Lualeta or Lualeta. Yeah. There you are. Yep. Yeah, look out for him, man. He could be he could be like a fl- late flyer that may you may so see starting flyer, games down the road. Huh? Yeah, I'd say he's he's the better choice as a sleeper because I think the guy you picked was like the one right after Lamar Jackson earlier, the the Oregon State dude. Oh, yeah, I picked uh, uh, Mason Rudolph. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I talked about. Yeah, no, Rudolph could be pretty good. He he's not a, he's not the best athlete, but you know he's pretty decent. I don't like Lamar Jackson, but yeah, that Lauletta from Richmond, and then they got that Kentucky quarterback that's not that bad. Uh, that Mike White, Western Kentucky, they got that pass happy offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he threw pretty good, but uh, um, yeah. let's see, Gonzaga's getting back into but, it. Yeah. But all right, man, that's it for me. All right. Well, I guess we'll close with uh, some gems, and then we'll just roll this bitch out. So let's get all back. Right. Okay. Wow, winning. Yeah, I've been on a bit of uh, an anime kick lately, and uh, my new one, it's a, it's a bit old. But I actually started watching it because they released, like, a, a U.S. version, like a movie style. But uh, I'm watching the original Full Metal Alchemist, um, like the, the actual Japanese version. And it is really freaking cool. I like it a lot. Uh, it's really badass. It's just basically, you know, people use uh, alchemy to convert things into other things, but they have to, you know... There has to be a balance with what they're converting. So, like, the very beginning of the series, they try to bring their mother back to life, and they put all the elements in that can compose a human being, And but they didn't put everything in. And so, like, the one kid, you know, just got his whole body taken away from him, and then the other kid lost his leg and his arm. So the one kid has, like, metal arm and leg, and he put his brother's soul in like a suit of armor. So like, like they got fucked up hardcore for, for trying to do what was called human transmutation. And then they're trying to can become better at it so that they can still bring their mom back and get their bodies back. That's kind of the, the basis of the story, but it's really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm like 10 episodes in and there's like 50 episodes in the original. And then there's another one after that. So I'll, I'll definitely uh, continue watching that to its conclusion. And, of course, uh, just like Brandon, I, I've, I've been watching The Office a lot. I'm on season seven. I'm finally caught up to where I was when I stopped watching the show, I think. Because, like, right now, <laughs> Holly's about to come back in season seven. And we're getting close to, like, when Michael leaves. So we're getting there. Like, I'm almost to the point where everything's completely new to me. Which I'm excited for. <laughs> good so man, I'm glad back. All right, man, I'm good to go then. Yeah, BellyUpSports.com at BellyUpSports Twitter, BellyUpSports Facebook. Check it out. 
And at Odds yep. Podcast. Don't forget we'll start getting that at Odds Podcast Brian. on SoundCloud, YouTube, Facebook, you name it. Uh, check us out. And we will see you guys next week. Mega Man time. All right. Peace. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.